Um, so let's turn in our Bibles, and I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. <clears throat> we'll get to it in just a second. But Matthew chapter 14. Title of this message is Out of It or In It? Um, I'm going to talk about um, out of it, and I'll explain it in just a second, or in it. We're going to talk about your lifeboat, where you are at right now. What, 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 what are you seeing with everything going on? What are you doing with everything going on? Um, and then when you look at, look at the um, PowerPoint, you'll see this. Which one do you see when you look at these two pictures? I'll be very frank and honest with you. We need a miracle. We need a Jesus miracle. We need Jesus to step in and take care of us and protect us and, and those around us. Well, my question to you tonight is, how do you respond to a crisis? I mean, when a crisis comes, and we're in the middle of a crisis right now, not only in America, but in the world, how do we respond to that crisis? Are we staying on the positive? Remember what we talked about last week? We talked about think on these things and those six words, those six categories we talked about. What sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? So everything's are just pure, lovely, of good rapport. We're supposed to be thinking on those. We are bombarded with negativity. <clears throat> and we need to know information. I understand that. But God's still in control and we can still be positive. We need to make sure we're doing that. And I like the last part of that verse. Virtue and praise. Virtue and praise. What are we doing with the virtue and praise? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things and those, those six things again. True. Honest, just, pure, lovely, good rapport. We've got to think on these two things. So let's get right into it. And, and again, just keeping your Bibles in Matthew chapter 14, we'll be right there in just a second. But I want to explain to you where I get this portion, where I get this message title, out of it or in it. We're going to look at two stories of Jesus because we're going to start talking about the miracles that Jesus did. Because right now we need some miracle. We need some uplift. And as we think of some of these miracles, especially these two miracles, these are some miracles that he did when he was in a boat or on the sea. The out of it is the story of where he's walking on the water. He's not in the boat. The in it is when he's in the boat and there's a storm and the disciples wake him up and they're scared. So I'm going to talk to you about it out of it or in it. Sometimes when we don't think God's in our boat and he's walking around, sometimes we think that God's so far away. He's not. He's exactly where he needs to be. But then when we see him, he's in the boat, we, we see God is right beside us, but then we think we know more, better than what God knows. They weren't going to die in that. Jesus wasn't going to let them do that. That wasn't the, the, the will of the Father at that point. We've got to get back to understanding out of it when we're in it when we're in a storm and we see Jesus not necessarily right beside us but he's walking on the water is he there for us absolutely and then when he's in the boat with us what are we doing with him I want you to get I want to give you five points tonight and we're going to talk about out of it first and I want you to go to like I said Matthew chapter 14 verses 22 through 33 point number one is this God is always where we need him to be he doesn't ever wake up one morning and go, what, what's going on here? We don't know what's going on. America doesn't know what's going on. The president doesn't know what's going on. The, the staff members, the doctors, they don't know what's going on. But God's not like that. God is always where we need him to be. 
Now that's on your part of it. How close are you to him? He's always going to be there for you. But whether he's out of the boat, he's where he needs to be. He's going to teach them a vital lesson. In this story that we'll get into in just a second, this is also the story of where Peter walks on the water with him. We're not really going to get into that aspect of it. I want to just talk to you about him being outside of the boat and walking during, during a storm. <clears throat> God is always where we need him to be, even in the midst of our storms. Point number two is this. God doesn't think like us. <laughs> Aren't you thankful for that? You know, I, 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 was, I was talking to my wife and I said, if this goes on much longer, um, you're going to have to cut my hair. And, um, and, and I said, it's going to get long and, we, and I, they're, they're not cutting hair. I said, I've seen some of these people on TV that look like they've cut their hair or done their hair, or done their own makeup or whatever. And I told my wife, I said, you're going to have to cut my hair. And she said, oh, I can do that. She has faith that she can do that until I said, well, I'll cut your hair if it needs to be done. She said, there's no way you're cutting my hair. It's interesting the faith on her side when she's cutting my hair, but there's not much faith on the side that when I'm cutting her hair, you know, we don't think the same way. Me, me and my wife sometimes, but I can tell you this. God doesn't think the same way. If you look at some of the words, let's go to Matthew chapter 14. <clears throat> And I'm going to read through this story, these four stories. There's actually two stories, but they're in two different gospels. And I want to read both accounts of them. And I want to show you some things where God does not think like us. In, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, it says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him and to the other side, <clears throat> while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had, yet, had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come... He was there alone. Verse number 24. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out of fear, for fear. Verse number 27. But straightway Jesus spake unto them and says, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be that, if it be thou, <clears throat> bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. You know, there's some words in here that prove that God does not think like we do. Look at verse number 26. Verse number 26 again says this. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. God's never got that troubled look. He's in control. He doesn't think like we do. Keep reading in verse number 26. It says, it says, saying it is a spirit. And they cried out for what's the next word? Fear. God has no fear. He does not think like us. <clears throat> Go down to verse number 30. It says, but when he, and this is talking about um, Peter, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was, there's that word, afraid. God's not afraid of anything. God's not afraid of Satan. 
God's not afraid of what's going on right now in this world. God's not afraid of our problems. He doesn't think like we do. God is always where we need him to be, and God doesn't think like, like, like us. I want you to go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Let's look at this story in another light. This is the same story, John chapter 6, and verse number 16. It says, verse number 16, <clears throat> And when Eden was, was now come, the disciples went down into the sea and entered into a ship and went over to the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship. And they were afraid. But he said unto them, It is I, be not afraid. It says, Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at, was at the land whether they went. Point out some words in here in in where you see that God does not act like, does not think like us. <clears throat> Go to verse number 17. It says, And entered into the ship and went over to the sea toward Capernaum, and it was now dark. He wanted to wait for it to be dark to get where he needed to be. He wanted them to not necessarily know what was going on. He does that. He does not. He does not think like we do. He waited for it to be dark. He didn't go out there in the, in the middle of the, the day and, and then walk on the water where they could see him and they could spot him. They want, he wanted them to think about this. He doesn't think like we do. And then we have the same repetition in the last story. Go to verse number 19. <clears throat> so when they had rowed about five and 20 or 30 furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh into the ship. And they were, what's the next word? Afraid. Jesus was walking in the midst of a storm on water and he wasn't afraid. But the men were scared to death. Verse number 20, he even acknowledges them. He says, but he saith unto them, it is I, be not afraid. I'm going to take care of this. He does not think like we do. And you've got to put this in perspective. A lot of these disciples were fishermen. Look at what the verse says here. It says, so when they had rowed about five and 20 or 30 furlongs, they see Jesus walk. They're trying to get out of this storm. They know it's a bad storm. They see something on the water. They don't know what it is. They're afraid. God doesn't think like we do. Please understand that, that God does not think like we do. I want you to turn back <clears throat> to Matthew chapter 14. And I want to show you something else in this, the third point. The third point is this. The, the first two points I want you to get. The first point is this. God is always where we... We need him to be. Number two, God doesn't think like us. But number three, God has a plan for us. See, through this whole story that we've read in two different portions of Scripture, he knew what was going on. I mean, he knew what was going to happen. He knew the storm was going to be there. He knew where the disciples were. He knew it was going to be dark when he was there. He knew exactly what he was. He wasn't looking at and going, I wonder which boat they're on. He knew exactly where they were. But number three is God has a plan for us. This is very simple. I want you to look at in Matthew chapter 14, and I want you to just follow along with just one verse in this, and this points this out. See, the plan all along was God knew what he was doing. It says in verse number 22, it says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. Read it one more time, verse number 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. 
He knew where, what ship they were going to get in. He knew exactly where they were going to go. He knew the storm was brewing. He had a plan for them. Jesus is the one who sent them. Jesus is the one who sent them. In Matthew 14, 22, it tells you that. Get in the boat, go over there, it's going to be okay. With this coronavirus and everything going on, God's not surprised, it's part of his plan. I know that sounds terrible, but there's some things you've got to realize when you look at it. Number one, you truly realize as a Christian how precious your health is. I'm still dealing with this respiratory thing that I have. I walk very far, I, I, I lose my breath. I, just, I want this to be over. You also realize how precious time is. Time is very important. We, we, that's one of our biggest commodities that we have for ourselves and for others around us, our time that we offer. Not only this, what about a prayer life? Do you not think this is making people pray? This is an opportunity for us to show them how show people around the world how great God is. Well, they, they would look at you and say, listen, God, uh, uh, an almighty God would not do this to people. There's people that pass away all the time. There's good people that pass away. I've, I've been to some funerals where I think, why did God take them? But God had a plan. He knew exactly what he was doing. One of the other things it is, it shows you your family life. It's amazing when you're, when you're, <laughs> you're going through the news and they're giving you things to do with your family. I think, what, have we come that far that we can't think on our own what we could do with our family? Our, our kids are stir crazy. They don't know what to do. They just, they're driving me crazy. I gotta get them out of the house. Just have some family time. You realize what's important at this point. God is the one who sent them. And the last thing I think we need to pray for is missionaries. You know, I've got a dear friend that's a missionary to Italy. And I pray for his family all the time. You hear what's going on in Italy. They're actually going to be coming through. I think they'll be here in either September or October of this, month, of this year. He has seven or eight small children ranging from 12 to, to two or three. Talk about if they get it, it will go through their whole family. And I don't want to hear on a report that something happened to any of them. So if you keep them in your prayers, it's the children's. Um, and they're, they're, his wife used to be one of our Teenagers in our first ministry, doing a great job in Italy. Been there for many years. Man, these things, all these things here with this plan, it, it shows us how precious our health is. It shows us how precious time is. Our prayer life, our family life, our missionaries. So this is a story of the times when Jesus is outside of, outside of the boat. He's out of it. So the three things we can get from this is God is always where we need him to be. Even when we don't think he's right beside us, he is. He knows where we're at. He knows where we're going. He did, God does not think like us, and I'm thankful for that. Number three, God has a plan for us. So let's talk about the story in the Bible where he's in the boat with it. So let's look at this. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to look at about four verses here, or five verses here, Matthew chapter 8, and I want you to see this. Matthew chapter 8, verse number 23 says this. It says in verse number 23, and when he had entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there rose a great tempest in the sea and so much that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him and saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, why are ye so fearful, O ye of little faith? 
Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the seas, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the seas obey him? You know, there's, a verse, there's a word in here that I want you to see. The point, point number four is this. God does not act like us. Look at verse number um, 25. When they wake him up, they say, and the disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. What's the next two words? We perish. <clears throat> that wasn't God's plan for them to perish. He was right in the boat. The savior of the world's in a boat sleeping through a storm and they're scared that they're going to perish. Let's look at this again in another, in another um, um, text. Go to uh, Luke chapter 8. In verse number 22, it says in Luke chapter 8, verse 22, the same story. It says, now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we perished. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and they were, there was a calm. And he said unto them, where is your faith? And remember, he's talking to his disciples here, the ones that he's chosen to be his, his ambassadors. And it says, and they being afraid, wondered saying one to another, what manner of man is this? That he commandeth even the winds and water and they obey him. You know, I see some words in here. Go to verse number 23. It says, but as they sailed, he, he fell asleep and there came down a storm on the wind, uh, of wind on the lake and they were filled with water and were in, what's the next word? Jeopardy. That's a pretty big word. They're, they're, they don't know if they're gonna make it or not. God doesn't act like we do. God does not act like us. They say that, and you gotta remember going back to what I said, these are fishermen. Some of these guys are fishermen. They know exactly that, how bad this storm is. They know that they're bailing water. They're trying to get it where, where, where it'll float. And they're scared to death of it. And they wake him up. They think he's, they're going to die. They're in jeopardy. Go to verse number 24. We see that word again in verse number 24. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we perish. There's that perish word. God does not act like us. He does not go, how are we going to get out of this? We got to go and we got to wake him up. And what's he doing? Sleeping. He shouldn't be sleeping. He should be saving us. He knows exactly where. Go verse, verse number 25. It says, he said unto them, where is your faith? And they being, the next word, afraid, wondered. These people were just like us. And we are not like God. We, God does not act like us. Number one, <coughs> God is always where we need to, him to be. Number two, God doesn't think like us. Number three, God has a plan for us. And number four, God doesn't act like us. Now, the fifth one is kind of an interesting statement because, especially if you're a man in here, because we try to figure everything out. You ever been there? I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. And sometimes we can't figure things out. I can't figure out what's going on in America right now. I can't figure out why this happened. In fact, it's it, it just almost mind-boggling when you think about everything that's going on. Here I'm doing a a video in our church service because we can't meet. If I would have told you two, two months ago that it was going to get to the point where you couldn't have 10 people in the room and it couldn't be six feet apart, had to be six feet apart, everybody would think that's crazy. We live in a different world. Point number five, I want you to get this if you get anything. Number five is this. Let's review on the first four. 
God is always where we need him to be. God doesn't think like us. God has a plan for us. Number four, God doesn't act like us. Number five, God doesn't have to explain to us. That's a hard one. Because we want to figure things out. <clears throat> he is God. He can do whatever he wants. That might sound very harsh, but he is God. He can do whatever he wants. When I was thinking about this, God doesn't have to explain to us. It's interesting some things. Because when you look at this story, these people are enamored about what he just did. But do you realize what they've already saw? They saw a leper get cleansed. They've seen a centurion servant get, get healed. They've seen a withered hand fixed. They've seen a resurrection of a widow's son. And I think one of the biggest things that they've seen is they've seen the feeding of the 5,000. They've seen the feeding of the 5,000. Then why, with all these things that they've seen, did they say this? What manner of man is this? When I look at some of these stories, some of these miracles that they've already seen, I think of the, the widow's son. I can't imagine seeing. <clears throat> and, and I can't imagine the feeding of the 5,000 because they were the ones that got to really up close and personally see what happened. I don't know if all the people in the, in the, the area understood that there was only a few fish and only a few loaves of bread, but they did it. They were put in there and they were like, I don't know if this is why he's even turning us in. This lad gave us this. And all of a sudden they dig down deep and it just keeps coming up, coming up, coming up. These are some just amazing miracles. But then in this story, they say, what manner of man is this? Let me ask you this. What do you see? What do you see? The world sees turmoil. I mean, you, you could see it. You could, you could see it on some of the newscasters. They're, they're scared to death of what's going to happen. See some of the doctors. And I understand the magnitude of this. But what do you see? Do you see <clears throat> your boat, as the picture shows, of the storm coming behind it, not knowing what's going to happen? Or do you see Jesus reaching down and getting you out of the miry clay, out of the water and pulling you up? I guarantee you the best thing that Peter ever saw in his life was when he was going through that storm and he starts sinking <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, guess what? Jesus grabs him and pulls him up just to see that, see the look on his face. And I guarantee you he was thankful when he got in that boat. But what made the disciples respond the way that they did? Let's review real quick. Number one, God is always where we need him to be. Remember that through the situation. God is always where we need him to be. He knows exactly what's right for us. He knows the timing. He knows every aspect of every situation, and he knows how to do it. Number two, God does not think like us. Aren't you thankful for that? He does not think like us. Number three, God has a plan for us. Whether we know it or not, he has a plan for us. Whether we agree with it or not, he has a plan for us. And I like this. <clears throat> God does not act like us. He's not worried over things. 
Nothing has snuck up on him. Nothing has ever, in this whole situation, he's like, I just don't know how that happened. I love that aspect of him, that he knows how many hairs you have on your head. He knows the number of hairs. If he knows that, he can figure out anything. Number five, God does not have to explain to us. He's God. There's times when you see people go through things and you go, why God? Why, why, why them? I think of a particular family in our church in the last year that went through so many things. We don't understand it. <clears throat> I can't get into the details of this, but sometimes we hear stories and we see how God works. There was a there was a um, automobile wreck. No one got hurt, but there was an automobile automobile wreck, and it affected one of the families in our church. It wasn't anybody in our fa- in our church family that got in the wreck, but this automobile wreck, you think, what in the world happened? But this thing actually started moving something that the people have been praying for, and God worked a great work through it. Typically, when you see an automobile wreck, you go, how can God work in that? But he, he worked into this one. And he'll work in our lives. We've just got to understand that God doesn't have to explain it to us. So my question to you is this, what do you see? Do you see the storm without God? Is he in your boat? Is he walking on the water? Is he close to you as close as he should be? What do you see? I like that picture where Jesus is reaching down and pulling us up. Because we are gonna have some moments in our faith. It's very easy to look at the disciples and say, why would you do that? Why would you ask God? There are people just like us, people just like me, people just like you. But my question is this, what made the disciples respond like this? Let's go to a verse again. Let's go to Matthew chapter eight and verse number 27. Matthew chapter eight, we're almost done. Matthew chapter eight, verse 27 says this. Well, let's read the whole story. And when he had entered into his ship in verse number 23, His disciples followed him, and behold, there rose a great tempest in the sea, and so much the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the seas, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, these are the disciples, they marveled, saying, What manner of man is this? that even the winds and the seas obey him. And what's interesting in, your, in the scripture, at the very end of that verse, there's an exclamation point showing an emphasis on this. You know what made the difference in this? Why did the disciples respond to this? <clears throat> Why didn't they respond this way about the centurion's servant that was healed? Or the withered hand? Or the, the widow's son? I can tell you why they didn't respond the same way as they did in this. Because they thought they were going to die. And to put it just in frank words, it was personal to them. It was personal to them because they couldn't do anything. But God did everything. It was personal. And on a closing note, I want you to hear this. Until we get personal with God... The Bible might just be a good book with some good stories. 
But when we see it in a personal way, he comes alive. And we will always ask what manner of man this is. Because we definitely serve a great God. And you know what I like about him? He's always where he needs us. He is always where we need him to be. Praise God, he does not think like me. Praise God, he's got a plan for me. He doesn't act like me. And I'm thankful that he doesn't have to explain things to me. But I can tell you on a personal note, when your health goes bad, or you hear someone's got, got this virus and you don't know what's going to happen to them, it becomes personal. It becomes a bigger crisis at that point. We need to understand it needs to be personal to us. Let's make God personal in our life. May we understand that he's always going to be with us. He doesn't act or think like us. He has a plan for us. God doesn't have to explain to us what's going on. God always knows what's best. Lord, I thank you for this day. <clears throat> thank you for the people in our church. What a blessing to serve at Bible Baptist Church. I thank you for the bishops. I thank you for everything that they do for us. And, and, and I appreciate their attitude. Lord, we got people in our church that we got to pray over and pray over and pray over. I know if someone got sick, it would really hurt them. Lord, would you put your hand of protection around them? Lord, I beg you to protect them. Lord, I don't know exactly why all these things are happening and why certain people are getting affected, why other people are not. Lord, we sure do have a God that loves us. That when there's a midst of the storm, you're walking in the sea by us. When there's a storm and you're in the boat with us, you're so confident of who you are that you can sleep through it. And all you have to do is say a few words and everything changes. May we get to the point where we understand whether you're out of it or in it, you're exactly where you need to be. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you've done. Guide us in ways only you can. And we will give you the praise and glory for it. Come what may, you're still in charge. And Lord, we thank you for that. May we stay on the positive. May we think of the things we need to think on these things. Find the virtue, find the praise. Lord, show us exactly what we need to do. We'll give you all the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen.